Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on the Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours. Uh, the Hush Blackwell report has been released. Uh, it is absolutely damning. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> There's nothing in it. No. Uh, we'll talk a lot of baseball on the program. Very little about that press conference at one. You can hear it right here. You're going to learn absolutely nothing other than the fact that uh, Kirk Ferentz and Gary Bart have been given another chance to lead this program uh, out of this uh, racist culture, which was uh, listed a couple of times. In the 28 pages, if you uh, want to save some time, just skip to the very end. The what two two paragraph conclusion mm-hmm. yep. uh, that uh, Barda and uh, Kirk Ferentz, uh, it's their recommendation that they um, continue to lead the program, and I'm sure everybody in the uh, at the University of Iowa will go along with that. There is one little nugget in it, Trent: the fact that there are four personnel reports that uh, came along with it. This was a summary that was released today. This is not the entire report. Uh, whether no, we won't ever see the, no, no, no. we won't see the. Uh, the personnel, the four coaches, we can uh, speculate. I mean, Brian Ferentz, probably. Brian, Kirk. Seth Wallace. Seth Wallace. And is it, Doyle considered uh, the fourth, or is there somebody else? I, You know what? I don't think, because Chris Doyle... Phil no Parker. One. There were a couple of things with Phil Parker. That would be at least another guess, but that's all we're doing here. Well, I guessing. think we got three of them right. Yes, I, I yeah, think Wallace yeah. for sure. Uh, Sleepy, Sleepy Jack. What was? What do they call him? Simple, Jack? J- Simple, Simple Jack. Simple Jack. Yeah. Uh, Simple Jack. That you can't do that. Um, Brian Ferentz was named a number of times. Kirk Ferentz, uh, but we'll never know what uh, discipline, if any, comes out of it. But again, it was a. Um, I don't want to say a waste of money. I don't know what we expected. Right, right. I, I expected certainly more than this. Yeah. And we'll see if there are more documents that are going to be given. Freedom of Information Act, I'm sure a FOIA uh, request is going to be out there very quickly. Personnel issues. To get those personnel ones out there. I don't think we'll, it'll ever see the light of day, which is the Iowa way. Um, <laughs> it's everybody's way, but it's just more yeah. so Iowa's yeah. way. They, they take it to another level. Yes, they do. Here's the final sentence of the conclusion written by the law firm. We recommend that the university work with athletic director Barda and head coach Ferentz to create action steps aimed at improving the culture of the program, eliminating biases, encouraging student-athletes to report concerns of mistreatment, and amplifying the university's policy statement against retaliation within the football program. Conclusion? Yeah, we got nothing. We got nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, I don't know. I, again, I don't know what everybody thought was going to come out of this. I know there was... Um you know, speculation that this is the end. It's not the end. Uh, Kirk Ferentz is going to survive this. He survived Rabdo with 13 kids in the hospital. After all, uh, Chris Doyle walked the plank. The, the word scapegoat was used by a number of former players that they hope Chris Doyle's not the scapegoat for this because it goes further than that. I think everybody realizes that. Trent, I found nothing in the report, and, and I read it twice, that um, we had not known about that we had not read about, that we had not seen some of the former players uh, tweet about, talk about on some of the podcasts that you've mentioned. I don't, I'm not a podcaster, but you've mentioned them, that there was really nothing that... Um, there's not, I, I didn't learn a thing 
other than the fact that what we thought was going to happen actually did happen. And uh, the, fa- the 28 pages later, they got to the conclusion that you just read. It was yeah, a whole lot of nothing. There's a whole lot of nothing. You're right. Disappointed in a way. I, I just I, I wanted there to be a little bit more meat on this bone to yeah. to see what more was out there. And but maybe that lies in the in the four reports that have not been made public. Yeah. That again, their personnel. We don't comment on personnel issues. You know that that's going to be the mm-hmm. statement today. Bruce Harold, uh, the president of the University of Iowa, I'll just read. Uh, I've read the report, and it's clear that the climate and culture must and will change within our football program, uh, Harold said. Our student-athletes must have the ability to be true to themselves, and we cannot and will not tolerate a systemic process that inhibits authenticity we have identified the issues we have and will continue to address personnel matters and we have started and will continue the needed change in our football program so that's from the president so um essentially president's on board um the law firm is on board Gary Barden, Kirk Ferentz are going to be on board. We'll see. Is this just going to blow over and it'll be back to being the Iowa way in two or three years? I think the Rabdo exercise was thrown out and never used again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so change did come from that. I mean, they did... Um, do away with that training exercise, if you will. Crystal still led the uh, strength and conditioning program until June. But I don't think there's going to be any change, Trent. I really don't. Now, again, the four reports... If Seth Wallace isn't on the sidelines for a couple of games, right. or Brian Ferentz isn't on the sidelines for a couple of games, or is taking another job, then we'll know that there was something in that report. I think, um, I think that's a fair way to look at and it. And I think yeah. that's the only way we'll ever know. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, makes a whole lot of sense. Assuming there is a sideline to be on, and we're going to go down <laughs> that, that path. That, that's a different question and right. a different conversation with that one. You know, it's Kirk Ferentz's known about issues now for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He has made some surface changes, but hearing from the players, hearing from African-American players, they say that here, after the change, after Chris Doyle was removed, that they do feel mm-hmm. like it is different. And you're hopeful then that Kirk Ferentz understands this isn't just about making surface-level changes and playing some rap music in the weight room and letting guys wear earrings and hoodies inside. There, mm-hmm. there is more that goes into this. And, and being a better listener... and. This has been a conversation that has come up a couple of different times with Kirk Ferentz. Remember, I think leading into 2015, after the disaster that was the end of 2014, he said he needs to get back to football. Mm-hmm. He was doing too much. He was spread too thin. He was doing too much in terms of fundraising for the new facility that they were building. He wasn't on the football side of things. And now I think this is, he got that football park back. Now he also has have to get the relationship part back. And in order to do that, that means having real sit-downs, having real conversations with these guys. Well, and following up, Trent, because by his own admission, mm-hmm. after the after the internal report came out and he addressed it with a handful of his players and he promised to follow up and have another one, it says right in the report that that didn't happen and, and that Kirk realizes that he needs to you know, make good on what he says. They had one meeting. He called it good. Well... I mean, he didn't call it good. He said, you know, in the back, he just didn't follow up with the fact that uh, he promised that they would meet again. So uh, there are a couple of changes. I mean, if you're looking for little threads of, uh, of of information that came out of this, there's really none other than the four the, the four coaches that um, have been named in the internal report. They're, again, the press conference is at one. Uh, the Iowa media will be there. They will ask, uh, hopefully, g- good questions, pertinent questions, but I don't know what is left that's out there that can possibly be asked. It's Someone just... will be asked about the to identify the four coaches. Mm-hmm. The answer will be it's a personnel matter. We're going to keep that internal. I, I've 
would bet a lot of money uh, that we won't find out that today. Uh, this is going to be there'll be there'll be a, t- uh, a tone of contrition, I would hope. Uh, there will be a a reckoning of what they have to do to uh, follow through on this report. But again, does this are, are they just going to go through with this and it's going to blow over? Here's why I don't think it is because Kirk Ferentz is at the end. I mean, Kirk Ferentz mm-hmm. has. The sand is if he's if his coaching career is a golf game, he's putting the tee on the ground on the 18th tee, right? Don't yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, there's Gary Barta probably the same way. Yeah, these are, these are two guys certainly at the end of their tenures. Uh-huh. They're not looking at other jobs. This is going to be it. However, it finishes up for both of these guys, and with that change at this point is no, difficult. No, this, that was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. That was never going to happen. Again, we'll 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 wait for the other four. So let's let's move on because it really is a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is an entire nothing burger uh, that came out of this today. Uh, if you see something that I didn't, please uh, reach out to 84-5966. Uh, baseball from last night. I want to start with your game last night because Brody Breck, the kid from Ankeny, yeah. the starting pitcher, just a junior. He's going to Iowa. He's a receiver, and by all accounts, a very good one. He's going to play. He's a two-sport athlete. Uh, he's going to play football and baseball. Trent, I think he needs to uh, take a long look at the mirror and see if the football's in his future. He may love the game. This kid struck out 16. You were there. He throws, what, 94-95 as yep. a junior? His draft year is next year. If you throw 94-95 and strike out 16 uh, kids in a state champ or in a state playoff game or anywhere, you're on a team's radar. There's no doubt. This is a guy that he's a just a stud athlete. He's a guy that whatever he does, he's one of those people that just picks it up and he does look different on the football field. Does though. he? It feels like that's his quote unquote natural sport. Mm-hmm. As a pitcher, he dials it up there in a big way. He always seems to run into trouble. Control's been an issue, mm-hmm. but yeah, out at so South there's East room Coast, to coach this kid up. You well, think there is, and he's six foot four. He's He's got a thinner frame. He can uh-huh. certainly add some weight and what some power to that. What would you say he weighs right now? 6'4", 215, 210? Yeah, 210, probably yeah. right in that range. If he turns into you know the strength in the upper body, and in a college program with some of the deficiency he has in terms of control on the mound, I think you're talking about a guy that's going to add at least a couple more ticks mm-hmm. to his fastball, coupled with what they can do in the off-speed is he going to play in the NFL or MLB? If I had to make a bet right now, <laughs> I know which way I would go. it would be MLB. Yeah. He's going to have a decision here in about 11 months Mm -hmm. because the MLB draft is not going to be five rounds. It's going to be back to probably not the crazy 60-round draft we've seen in the past. It looks like they're going to cut that down. But he's going to have an opportunity to hear his name called. And the decision and he'll have there. a senior season before that draft, or certainly yes. a lot of it, too, half of it. Right, and and he'll have an opportunity to go out there. Now, we've seen some high school guys here in the past from the state that have decided not to play at all, A.J. Mm-hmm. Puck being one of them, yep. who's been on the precipice and injuries have just, derailed his career. He just can't career. stay healthy. Are you signable? And, and yep. that's what it comes down to for a lot of these kids. If football is his main love, do that. Yeah, but, but some, at some point, somebody's got to yeah. get to him and tell him. I mean, <laughs> He just goes out there. And when he gets in a groove and when he's coming downhill on the pitcher's mound, uh-huh. he is so good. Play center field when he's out there, a really good hitter. Just a pure athlete. Mm-hmm. You know what I would great. like to – this is going to sound crazy, but I would love to be able to go back and watch Jeff Samarja when he was a junior in high school, <laughs> You see what he right? looked like, yeah. Because we know what kind of tight end he was at Notre Dame. I mean, I'm not saying was, that Brody Brecht is going to have that success mm-hmm. in Iowa, but it's tight end you right? in yeah. a lot of respects. Um and to see what he was like on the mound, Smarge, I'm speaking of, uh, as a as a junior in high school, we'll see. We'll see. Is it going to be? Uh, 
going to be fun to watch, and this kid's obviously going to have a very critical decision about his future, at least I would think at some point. So you had a good game last night. You had, it was yep. a long night for you. It Ooh. was, yeah. I got home just shy of midnight last night, but eh, nothing wrong with that. We're watching baseball, and it was a really fun one last mm-hmm. night. Didn't get started till 8.30. It was supposed to be 7.30. Did the cro- What was the crowd like for the finale? A lot of Ankeny fans there? There were, yeah. Yep. And even Pleasant Valley, which is Quad Cities, yep. they, they traveled really well. The uh, I think the highest attendance was the matchup with Urbandale. The early the early game, yeah, that had mm-hmm. the best attendance of the of the four. But all of them were well attended. They're right on pace for what they did a year ago for state attendance, which is great to see. That's awesome, even with the social distancing, yeah. and they've done such a good job up and down the lines. The way people are spread out, go out there you. Find out where your seat is. You see the zip ties on the other one. And folks, mm-hmm. don't take the zip ties no. off. Did you see that on social media? No, I didn't. There, there's, pe- there's people that were taking and ripping the zip ties off so they could sit in a different spot. The, the Iowa Cubs did this for a reason. Were they the same folks that were in Tulsa? I very that, well could have been. were running through the seats and taking the zip ties well. off? Just They're there for a reason. Leave them yeah, on there. Did. But we are set up for Friday night. Yeah, you, epic one. I, uh, you were teasing that one. That's going to be... Uh, um, fun to talk about. Obviously, we will tomorrow, 7.30. You've got the coverage at 7.30 tomorrow night of that one, of course. Then we will get to the championship games from last night. All right, started to mention the BMW Des Moines guest list. Let's do that real quick. We're going to talk some hockey uh, at 10.40 with Joe O'Donnell. Uh, he's the voice of the Iowa Wild, but he's been on Oh, Zoom calls. Tim Army's in the bubble. The Iowa Wild coach is up with the Minnesota Wild. He's in the bubble in Edmonton. We'll do that uh, with Joe O'Donnell. Pick his brain a little bit. Uh, it was fun to watch hockey yesterday. I watched the Wild yesterday afternoon. They were on TV against the Avalanche. Um, so we'll do hockey at 1040. Cardinals at 11 o'clock or 11.05. Brian Walton uh, will join us from the CardinalNation.com. Cardinals got blank. Your twins, Trent. They're good. They're really good. They're really. really, I mean, the bullpen is good. Barrios, Bieber tonight. Cleveland Twins. This is. uh, This is Bieber. I think is the best pitcher in baseball. Nobody knows. I know he was the All Star MVP, Mm -hmm. but I could ask a million people that, and maybe two would get it. They'd say Bieber. What the the singer Justin? Uh, No, no, this is Shane. No, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player. Sonny Gray's a hell of a player. He was on last night for the Reds. The Reds got their guys back off the COVID suspension Mm -hmm. list, and. They look like, like the Reds yeah, yeah. for the first time. They look like the team that they're going to be a pain in the you-know-what. Uh, Kyle Hendricks was uh, uh, not good La- last night. Sonny Gray was unbelievable. Um, triple play in the game. Chris Bryant took care of that one. So um, not good for the Cubs, but your twins. So we'll do that. And then Mark Morehouse on Iowa uh, at 11.25. Mike joins the program. Mike, what's on your mind? Welcome back. How are you? Hey, guys. Uh, doing good. A um, couple of things with the Hush Blackwell report. Um, I, I read the entire report, and I read several areas of it a couple times. But first off, when I read through the, the beginning of it, saying that it, I think it was 111 total players, staff, yep. both current and former they talked to, I came to the realization, you know, when, before they sent the finalized report to the university, these guys knew more than anybody else knew as far as personal stories from coaches, players, yep. et cetera. So these guys know more than I know. No question. No question. And, and more than any media, yep. or perhaps even more than anyone, even Kirk Ferentz himself. That that was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking their yeah, that's right off the Yeah, that's right off the bat in the, in the report you're referring to. They might be page one. It's, yeah. yeah, yep. I know what you're referring yeah. to. Yep. So, and then the next thing um, that I found interesting was, and I, it was kind of toward the end of the report, if I believe, the, the 
concerns to the the task the diversity task force that was put into place in 2018 and mm-hmm. the anonymous survey that they took with uh, student athletes or the players of the football team and in those those questions that was asked are you comfortable going to yes. the head coach nine out of ten said issues? yes and it was over yeah it was 90 percent and then in 18 19 it was four players that were said they thought they were mistreated or bullied and then in 19 and 20 it was two so i i guess if, if i'm kirk ferentz reading that report and over 90 percent of my players are saying and anonymously that they're comfortable coming to me then i can kind of see where he thought his culture was better than it actually was mm-hmm. now that's a blind spot like you said but i thought that was interesting i, I just wanted to comment on that and i'm glad that this report has come out and i think now's now's the time to to take the recommendations that the the HB had and and go forward with uh, hopefully the best decision as possible. And I think Kirk Kirk is a is a good man overall, and I think he will make those changes. I appreciate it, guys, and uh, I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, Mike, thanks, thanks for the Mike. call. Uh, I saw the same things you're referring to. The nine out of ninety percent, uh, yeah. uh, people. And I think if you'd ask most programs across the country, if you had something similar mm-hmm. of Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Of the Dabo current Sweeney. players would say, "Yeah, that. I'm with you." And the only, my only pushback on that would be, let's say something happened internally here, mm-hmm. and it was the corner office here. Yeah, and if I was going to say something critical, I probably wouldn't because I really like where I'm at. I don't want to work midnight to two a.m. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, there was a lot of players that were asked that question, and they all felt, and it was anonymous. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with Mike uh, that, um, and I'll use his HB. That's a, better than Hush Blackwell. Um, they know more about it. You would think after interviewing 111, was DJK in, uh, interviewed? There was a question of that. I think, and Rittenberg had asked him, and he said at that point when Rittenberg had talked to him of ESPN that he had not been mm-hmm. contacted yet. I hope that's asked. Well, they're not going to be there. Hush Blackwell's. Not, I don't think that Iowa will have the list of 111 players. They won't have that list. Hush Blackwell would have that list. Will that ever be made public? No, it won't be. No, it won't be. It was anonymous. We will never know if DJK. I don't think we'll know. Right. Uh, Brian's next. Brian, welcome to the program. How are you, Brian? Uh, good. You know, with DJK, you brought him up. I got a couple other points or questions, but... There's players on the record saying that he is the one that put the garbage can on his own. Yeah, but that's in the report that he wasn't. It's in the report that he didn't do that. And there's there's players that have come public. Amari Spave, Dace Richardson. There's one other that were just in the 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 report that came out. Um, Oh, the Hawkeye, when Hawkeye Nation asked for the uh, Freedom of Information and they got the internal report from 1819. So there's three players on the record that said it didn't happen. You weren't there. I weren't there. Spavay was there. Richardson yeah. was there. I don't know who your players are that you heard, but I'm going to yeah, go for I'm going to heard them on a podcast. All right. Well, I'm going to go forward thinking that happened. Probably somewhere in the middle. But right. like you said, with what's going to go on for here. If, if most, I'd say the majority of the past players want parents leading it, current players, recruits, fans, donors, I, I guess if everyone is on board with him leading it, he's going to, and they just got to trust him. They're to going make to. The right decisions. Yeah, they're going to. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, um, there's been no blowback that we can see. 
uh, for, for Kirk Ferentz. Now, maybe he's one of those four personnel reports. Trent and I think we've got three of them. Mm-hmm. Pretty good idea who three of them will be. Uh, but we don't know if Kirk is part of it. If, if they were talking to a law firm and all that and it was anonymous, can they release all the... I don't think they can. Said why? I don't think because they can. some kind of personal information. Or, I yeah. know everything because it's a college. is supposed yeah. to be fair game. No, but I don't think they can, Brian. Deleted. I guess you just got yeah. to trust him. And it sounds like the players do, and the past players, and everybody else. So, and that's the recommendation of the report. And the president of the university and, said the same thing. And how all this ends up being handled, at bottom line, is it depends on wins and losses. If he's winning, <laughs> yeah. everything's good. If he's yep. not, and that that's what everything comes down uh, to. Indeed, <laughs> Brian. Thanks for the call. Um, it's a very simple it's, equation. It's a great point. But if Iowa stumbles and goes three and yeah. seven this year, this yeah. suddenly ratchets to a different level. Mm. They go out and they go eight and two, and they go to a Big Ten championship game. All right, we're talking much differently. Mm-hmm. It was unfortunately maybe swept under the lug and uh, rug in some parts. Yeah, look, the report we recommend that uh, the university work with Bard and Ferentz to create action steps aimed at improving the culture of the program. That's all you need to know. It's the mm-hmm. very last paragraph of the report. That and the fact that there's uh, four uh, personnel uh, issues out there. Uh, we'll take a time out. Let's before that, Trent. Uh, before we throw it to break, we've got to do this. You know, we haven't had a winner. No, no, let's go. Come well, on. I'm not talking about us. I think in the building, we've been, it's going on, it's been a couple of weeks It almost. has, yeah. WHO had a couple early on. And but... I don't think Bus or Kiss have had one. No. I know KXNO has, hasn't had one. Um, let's get it done here. Absolutely. Let's, we need a gold sticker for us. The station is due. KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword money to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's money to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, we're uh, back. One more segment, then we'll uh, have some hockey talk as we take you to the hour. The NHL, uh, they've played their exhibition games they are in the past. The playoffs start this weekend. NBA tonight? Tonight, doubleheader. This is regular season. This counts. This, is, this time it counts. Right. So this will be for seeding. There's a couple of, uh, what, an eight seed still available. Is there one or two? Uh, there is. And, well, there's a whole bunch in the West because there's yes. a whole bunch of teams that are clustered together. Yeah, the Wizards, who doesn't have anybody actually there playing, that is oh worth anything. Utah's on that team, though. I saw that. Yeah, yeah he's got a fresh haircut, too. He does. Uh, they're trying to chase down the Magic, but they're four and a half games back yeah. with eight to cover it up, and Bradley Beal isn't there and a few other players. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the West has the seventh seed right now is the Mavericks. You have the Grizzlies as the eight. The Blazers, Pelicans, and Kings all there also trying to chase them down. So, yeah, they're going to be a little intrigue tonight. So where will you be? This evening? Yeah. I mean, television-wise. Oh, it'll be Twins first. Uh-huh. That gets the A prime position. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a prime matchup pitching-wise, too. I haven't heard. Is Zion going to play? Because it's the Pelicans-Jazz is the first game. I don't know the answer to that. 5.30 start, though, for that no, one. No, it's yes. not 5.30. Is 5:30, it really? 5.30. And the Cubs wow. play at 5.10. Yeah. We're going to have some early Well, Cincinnati, windows. I just saw the, uh, uh, again, we're, we're what, seven <laughs> hours away weather-wise. <laughs> You're rain forecasting things over but there. But it's just, apparently, it's, it's the, there's a cloud over Louisville, Cincinnati, Lexington. It's going to stay there all day. All day. Oh. We'll, we'll see. Anyways, that's your weather update for that part of the country. <laughs> Clippers, Lakers, 8 o'clock tonight. I will, that's pretty good. I will definitely and be watching that. And is this a TBS night? It TNT? is. TNT. Yep. TNT night? So we'll get... Now, where is Charles and Shaq and Kenny the Jack oh, going to be? you know what? Probably Are they separated. in the bubble? 
I don't know. Do they build a set for him inside the bubble? Are they in the TNT studios in Atlanta? Well, you know what? They'd eventually they're going to have to get there, right? Because for the playoff coverage, well, that's it's ABC. Not. It's ABC's yeah. got it. And I know Rachel Nichols is inside the bubble, and some of these, um, I know she's there for mm-hmm. sure. Holly Rose well, on Holly, the WNBA. She's doing WNBA, mm-hmm. right? Well, we're going to go inside the bubble. Well, we'll go through Joe O'Donnell, who spoke yeah. with Tim Army yesterday, who's in the bubble with the NHL teams. But it was good to see hockey yesterday. I got to yeah. admit it. It was great to see my squad out on the ice. A nice four, tidy 4-1 win as they had to... Uh, By the way, the Jets and the Flames are going to be part of Claxons. I'm going to let you oh, know Oh, wow. Now, okay, so right? people get prepared. Yeah, it's just the game, just Saturday night's game. I mean, that's one of the things on the Claxons list. Do we have our winners from Claxons? We do, yeah. It was uh, actually just graded that yesterday. It was Marty Polka, our winner. First place, $35 from last week. He went 3-1 and one and won the tiebreaker. Rick McGill... Get second place in a $25 gift certificate. He uh, also went 3-1, and one, but the tiebreaker to Marty Polka, and your chance to win comes up Friday yeah. at about 11.45. Absolutely. We'll have basketball. We'll have baseball. We'll have, well, we're putting hockey in there. Jets, flames, Jets flames reverberates baby. across central Iowa. It's a huge game in this part of the country, Trent. There's no doubt about it. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.org. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Joe O'Donnell from the Wild. In about 10 minutes, we're going to do some hockey talk as we take you up until 11. And then in the 11 o'clock hour, Brian Walton on the Cardinals. And Mark Morehouse covers Iowa for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. He will join us at 1125. Kirk Ferentz has just released a statement. Uh, I'll read it uh, real quick. This is an important time for me as a leader and for our program. This review brings us face-to-face with allegations of uneven treatment, where our culture that mandated uniformity caused many black players to feel they were unable to show up as their authentic selves. I want to apologize for the pain and frustration they felt at a time when I was trusted to help Each of them become a better player and a better person. There are several key takeaways that influence how we will advance the program so every student-athlete has a healthy and positive team experience. This has been a moment of truth for me. The release of this independent review is not the end of the conversation. It is the beginning of the next chapter in our program's history. Well said. Well said. And not a surprise coming from Kirk Ferentz's Said many times during these last two months, it's not a guy that usually steps on his words. Yep. I mean, we have, let me muster one up for you. That's football. (laughs) Over two decades when that's about all that you have. Yeah. (laughs) But that was a a dandy. Yes, it was. In Phoenix, right? Is that where it was? Yeah. Were they getting ready to play Oklahoma? Or Mizzou. Or Mizzou, whatever it was. I'm not sure. Let me see if I can muster one up for you. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that! I had that audio clip forever, just at, at, at ready to go at any time. And that's football. And those two still linger. Yeah, one literally, the other figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think it's uh, you know what we'll, we'll see. Actions are going to speak he, louder than words, yes. obviously. And does he deserve the benefit of the doubt? I don't know. I gave it to him after Rabdo. I didn't think I would say. That, for me, was the second chance. I get it. People get three. Mm-hmm. I, three strikes. Three strikes. Uh, 
I mean, look at this is this is going to be part. This this, this is no ifs ands or buts about it. This will be part of the Ferris legacy. It's a lot of good, but there's this little column over here that's got a couple of really damning incidents. Yeah. I feel this one and the rabdo, and then if you go back to the, you know, we, he had troubles in the. What were they? What are they, the the uh, the uh, Douglas and the company called themselves? The, the City Boys. City Boys. Thank yes, you. Yes. That wasn't a good era either. But no, um, it wasn't. You had Brian living in Section Eight housing. You know what? And I remember that being a huge topic at the time. And mm-hmm. I was on Brian's side for this. And I think I still am at this. It's awful look. It is. Yeah. It's a terrible look. But where would you want to live? Yeah, you have being Kirk's son has opened up a lot of doors. Probably in the, in his. Oh, no he, doubt. It certainly has now. Mm-hmm. You want to live with your buddies. Right, yeah. So that's kind of, that was the my take, and it wasn't the popular take. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy that I worked with was never right, and he was on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember that well. We it, were at the barbershop doing our show then. But it was a bad look. It was it, a bad look, there's no on, doubt. On the surface, you have a coach making millions of dollars right. and his son living in low-income housing mm-hmm. and getting... A stipend with it, and it was a bad look. But like you Changed said, the way they did business. Well, and the other thing is, imagine though. Let's take it the other side. Kirk builds this beautiful ten-bedroom house right next to the football complex for Brian and nine of his buddies to live in. A, can you do that? I don't think so. No, you can't. No, you can't. So, what side do you want? You just want Brian to live in the dorms the whole time. I guess he could have done that too. I guess, but. That's not a college experience. Live, exactly. You want yeah. to live with your you want to live with your pals. You want to live with the guys that you you know, you don't want to miss out on anything. That was my take and it was a bad look and I get it. Uh but the, so there's been a lot of good. A lot of good under the uh Ferrance regime. There's a couple of bad things that uh, when you talk about it, whenever that happens, you have to break that uh, part of it. Anyways, uh, Trent Condon, high school football. Just real quick on this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So Illinois, there's a lot going on. Boy, here. is there ever a lot going on? Illinois is not going to play right till we, the till the spring. Till the spring. So we did see a kid uh, from Illinois, a long snapper. Right, he's going to Dowling. Uh, we earlier we saw California make the same decision. Valley got a kid, a DB, uh, that is going to play for Valley. That we think there's probably going to be more of this. Here's my question, and. and we don't want this to happen, but the virus does what it wants to do. It does. If I if Iowa high school football has to shut down and these kids have transferred to Dowling and to Valley and to who knows where they'll end, more will end up. Can they go back to their respective states? If California's playing in the spring, if Illinois is playing in the spring, if they play a couple of games in September and then we're forced to shut things down, do you know? I think they have to show residency, I would think. I, I know how that it, that's how it is in the state of Iowa, and you have to have a certain amount of days that you live at that residency before you're eligible in the school district. I'm not sure how other states held that set up, but that's the way it is here, and I would guess the same way. And for a lot of these guys, when we're talking about these high-end guys, even if they're not going to a major conference football, but so many players now end high school early and start spring practice right. at their college destination right. where their spring football and the spring season – it's going to be on a college campus more than likely. Mm-hmm. And, and if things are pushed back or canceled here in the state of Iowa, they'll just finish up their classes at wherever they are here in the state of Iowa and then get ready to start classes in January in college. I think that's the route that many of these players are going to take. But this is going to be, I don't want to say a complete influx, of, but there's going to be a lot of yeah. kids that are making this decision. Were you surprised by this one from yesterday, though? I mean, I could see big news of quarterbacks coming. Mm-hmm. 
or a defensive tackle or defensive end. He just gets a long snapper. Dowling's got a new long snapper. Look <laughs> out. Right. I mean, he must be a really good long snapper because it And I think he plays center, too. Oh, does he? Yeah, okay. but I think at collegiately, more likely he's going to okay. be a long snapper. But at the high school level, yeah, he's also <laughs> he's also a center helping solidify that Dowling offensive line. Of yeah, course, they, they need, need all the help. help. Yeah, <laughs> right. all the help that they can get. Valley gets another cornerback to go along with there. And there's rumblings out there that that is not it. At Valley or across high school football? Across high school football. Uh-huh. I talked to somebody over in the Quad Cities. They mentioned... There's a lot of talk of some of those Rock Island kids and a lot of others making the trip across the river back over. Mm. Uh, Bettendorf maybe getting a little bit better, and they're already really good seemingly year after year. Uh, Some rumblings, though, about maybe a quarterback making his way here to central Iowa. For who? For the Valley Tigers. Do they need one? Well, he can always take... Uh, Don't they have a lefty? Isn't their quarterback a lefty? Yeah, we saw that highlight video. He can sling it, too. Of the kid that uh, transferred in from Johnson, right? The wide receiver. We were watching that a a week or two ago, and he was looking really good. Yeah, he was. They have a really good pipeline, but the kid that's being rumored is a four-star out of Colorado. Uh-huh. Who grew up in the state of Iowa? Grew up in Davenport. So but, he's in Colorado right now. Yeah, Colorado that's where, that's where he's decision? played at high school. They haven't. I, at least I haven't seen anything. But I haven't seen anything. There's either. there's rumblings out there. We will see. Again, these are just rumors, but there's going to be a lot of those and a lot mm-hmm. of speculation. And with it, a lot of frustrations from some other schools. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, real quick, I want to I want to have a good long hockey segment. <laughs> I know you do, <laughs> and you deserve it. Yes, I do. Damn it, we us hockey fans yes. deserve it just more than me. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so the, uh, the new rules, the guidelines that, uh, um, that, have been, that have been published, there's a every four minutes a stoppage for sanitation. Did I read that right? I, Cody I, Goodwin's uh, uh, column in the register. Okay, I, I haven't had a chance to read yeah, that let me yet. see if I can pull it up. Because I saw the recommendations were posted today on the Iowa High School Athletic website, yeah. and I haven't got through it yet. But. There's a stoppage every four minutes, Trent. Every four a minutes? A timeout every four minutes for... I don't know if it's sanitizer. So is that for the the football? Yeah, for football. Okay. Are you sanitizing your gloves? Are you sanitizing well, and your the mouthpiece? Glo- and the gloves have to be certified. Uh, there's a pretty extensive list. Um, Interesting. Yeah, we'll find it for later. Yeah. We'll know more about it. Uh, well, when we have it in front of us. Mm-hmm. We sound a whole lot better when we have these things in front of us. Yeah, we, we struggle without information. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, I won't struggle here. 1045, we're going to talk hockey. Joe O'Donnell joins us A lot us of next. you, not so much me. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO and 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460, KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As we take you up until noon, let's get right to it. He's Joe O'Donnell. He's the voice of the Iowa Wild. Joe, I know you would appreciate this. I want to share this story. I told Trent before the show I'm going to take 30 seconds because you'd really get a kick out of it. You know how hockey moves the needle north of the border, right? Like nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Trent, the Super Bowl starts at 530. What time does coverage start? Super Bowl 530 coverage? One, one o'clock, f- noon maybe? Yeah. So, Joe O'Donnell, yesterday the Jets played at 9.30, an exhibition game that was meaningless. 12.90 TSN's coverage started at 3 o'clock. A mere six and a half hours before an exhibition game, they were live in Edmonton. 
You don't think I that they've it. missed it? I love it. It's unbelievable. Oh, hey, I think uh, I've you know if there's been. Ten games that have been on so far in two days, I've probably caught chunks of eight of them. So, yeah. <laughs> and the entirety of a bunch of them. So, I'm right there with your, with all those north of the border and all the hockey fans in Des Moines and elsewhere. Absolutely. I think the NHL's done a great job with the bubble so far, and knock on wood, they can they can hoist the uh, somebody will hoist the cup in October. Well, let's talk about the most important team here, and it's not the Winnipeg Jets. Let's talk about it is in this chair, <laughs> Minnesota Wild. <laughs> Their opportunity here certainly a very uneven season as we. Look back months and months ago here. How wide open is this, and, and how good of a chance do you give the Wild of making some kind of run? I think they can beat Vancouver for sure. Yeah, I do too. Really, you know, it'll depend on the matchup from there. Um, best of five, though, as you guys know, game one is it's not, a, it's not a must win, but it really makes you feel better about your situation. If you have a best of seven, you drop game one, no big deal. You're looking for that quote-unquote split. That's the five. You lose game one. All of a sudden, there's really a lot of pressure uh, to take three out of four then against your opponent, whoever it is. So, I think Minnesota can get it done. I really liked what I saw from them in, in parts of yesterday's game. It was a tune-up. And the nice thing for all these NHL teams now, guys, is they get practice time. And I'm a big believer in not just hockey, but any sport. When you have good coaching and you have uh, experienced players, you take that game film, you turn it into some good, usable. Uh, practice time and, and I think everybody should be ready to go come uh, Saturday and Sunday when the round robin starts and the qualifying round starts in the NHL. Yeah, I saw the I saw a lot of the Wild in the Lance yesterday. Uh, both of those teams obviously central division teams. I think either, both of them should advance certainly through the first round. I'm with you on Vancouver. Joe I don't. I think Devin Dubnik has taken a step back goaltending wise, and just not based on yesterday. This is his his season's kind of been up and down. When I thought he was establishing himself as one of the best goaltenders in the league. Do you see what I'm seeing in, in Dubnik? And, and if so, what, what, what do you make of that? Well, this year was his worst year statistically in a while, Kenny. Um, and by the time the season was paused in the middle of March, Alex Daylock had taken over the number one reigns. He led the team with 20 wins this year. He had maybe his best numbers uh, and kind of became, for the first time in his career, an NHL starter. Uh, now the pause changes a lot of that. You had training camp 2.0, if you will, an exhibition game. And, and Dean Evison still hasn't said whose starter will be Sunday night against Vancouver. Um, Dubnik didn't give up a goal yesterday, but he wasn't also tested very much. Daylock mm-hmm. looked a little rusty, but again, he, he I think he was 11-4-1 down the stretch before the, the March uh, pandemic pause. So uh, it'll be it'll be sort of interesting. If anything, keeps the Canucks guessing another day or two before Minnesota names a starter on uh, Sunday night. Uh, indeed. So I want to I want to spend a couple of minutes. I know you spoke with Tim Army. You did a piece at uh, at the Wild website uh, with with Tim Army, who's the coach of the Iowa Wild. He's with the team uh, in Edmonton. Uh, what was uh, I guess what's his experience so far been like? Life in the bubble. I've seen a lot of social media about it. Uh, I love the fact that they they went as far as to schedule when the planes could land, so there wouldn't be teams that were crossing paths when the you know flights were coming in this past weekend. They all had a t- a window of when the flights were supposed to land. So they've done it as well as anybody, I think. What did Tim Army share with you, Joe O'Donnell? Uh, the exact same thing, that it's pretty buttoned up. Um, again, he can only speak for Edmonton, where Minnesota is. Of course, the Eastern Conference sure. teams are in Toronto, but it uh, just seems like the, the league did a great job making sure all the details were taken care of. And uh, 
uh, Coach Army said the first five days that all the teams are up there, you have scheduled mealtimes at specific restaurants, and you can't deviate from that. Whereas then after sort of that little five-day quarantine in the bubble ends for everybody, then you can choose your restaurants and eat when you want. But, of course, you got to practice social distancing, et cetera. Uh, the other thing he said, and if I understood him correctly, because, you know, he talks a lot, he's going pretty fast, but it sounds like when you're walking to and from the arena in Edmonton at Rogers Place, um, it's through parts of downtown Edmonton it's that true. aren't closed to the public for work. So certain stretches, like, say, Tim Army's going across the street, like, he's got to have a specific time, and they will, they will like, barricade off the street for uh, NHL staff and players to cross and then sort of reopen almost like it's construction zone time, you know, where, like, they're, they're flagging people through or holding off the general public, and then it's the general public's turn, and the players and staff in the bubble have to wait their turn. So, really, I mean, I can't imagine everything that went into this, considering they basically had a month from announcing the hub cities to pulling all this off. It's pretty remarkable so far. Question, uh, there are eight teams that await the fate of these other teams playing in the best-of-five series. Are there going to be more exhibition games for the four teams waiting? Or No, they're playing for seeding. They're playing for yeah, seeding yeah, yeah. in the top three. Interesting. How yeah. does that play out? And I mean, it, help me out here to figure this all out. Yeah, so you got the top four teams in each conference, Trent, are playing each other once. So you got three round-robin games uh-huh. to determine your final playoff seeding. In the meantime, you've got these sort of play-in series, uh, the qualifying round, so to speak, that are best of five. So while... Some teams are beating the snot out of each other. For example, the Washington Capitals could go 0-3. It doesn't hurt them necessarily. They're still in the playoffs. They just might have to play a tougher team when you know the real Stanley Cup playoffs start uh, with the first round of best of seven uh, in a couple of weeks from now. You'd appreciate this, Joe. It was really crazy to see Toronto, the, the, the Montreal Canadiens in the Maple Leafs dressing room. Did you see any of that? Yeah. For every, that's well, the, that's, go ahead. Listen, it's it's a crazy world we're in right now, as you guys know. Um, I'm a big Philadelphia guy. It's where I grew up. And, I mean, if you look at just even Major League Baseball, the Phillies are getting ready to play a road game mm-hmm. in their own home city mm-hmm. against a Toronto team that's not allowed to play in their country. So, I don't, you know, what's going on right now is unprecedented. Team sharing dressing rooms and facilities and uh, two teams in the same hotel you know, multiple teams in the same hotel, that's stuff you would never, ever see in the course of normal business. And uh, no matter what the sport is, it's it's definitely an interesting time for all of us. And, and, I, and I hope that uh, the players and staff can stay safe and we can get a little bit of normal sports going again. And honestly, with that said, I don't know what you thought, Kenny, but the TV broadcast that the NHL have done so far by curtaining off those seats with like looks the logos, good. Looks good. I think it looks awesome. You know, compared to Major League Baseball, I'm not a huge fan of the empty seats or the cardboard cutouts. I think it looks sort of amateur hour, and I just like the feel and the product that the NHL put forth for a couple of days here on TV. When we had uh, one of our listeners that sent us a message, a Twitter message, saying it's great. You can actually see the puck when it goes to the corner now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the, I think the one thing I feel for these broadcasters, because, you know, not having the crowd to react to something or... Some of the celebrations have been pretty muted as well because it's been exhibition. Right. And these guys are calling games, a lot of them from studios elsewhere. Uh, and sometimes as a broadcaster, I'll use other cues in the arena on, you know, did the puck go in? Sometimes you can get actually fooled by the crowd back there. Like, you know, a guy behind the glass jumped up but really hit the outside of the net. So 
Um, there's a lot of different things for, for those in the media world, too, from these Zoom interviews to the broadcasters and uh, certainly, certainly different and unique. Let's take a, let's take a stab at trying to figure this thing out, Joe O'Donnell. Who do you like in the in the West? I mean, right as we sit here today, the team with the most points again, they're going to play for seeding, so it doesn't mean that the Blues are necessarily going to be the one seed. Colorado's right there with them. They've got so much young talent. Um, I mean, it's it's hard not to think that Colorado could could prevail. Uh, Vegas is, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're, they're still right there. Who do you like out of the West, Joe Don? Do you have a dark horse or do you think it's going to be the chalk at the top? You know, I'd have to lean towards the top. Uh, you know, just the teams that are more consistent, that have the good goaltending that have been there before. I feel like those teams are going to have an advantage. Now I did find it interesting that Minnesota's head coach, Dean Evison, said pretty openly he feels like the team that can come together the quickest with that buy-in factor and that good camaraderie will have a leg up. Um, and I would tend to think that, that that could lean itself to be the case. I mean, you have to have guys that really want it mm-hmm. right now with the no fans and being away from their families for possible possibly 80 days. I mean, that's a long stretch of time for some of these guys that could have young families and uh, or contract years coming up. So there's just a lot of intangibles that I think are hard to really peg um, from a from a betting standpoint or who you're leaning towards. So I would look at the teams that are at the top. They get sort of some good stiff competition in the round robin, but it doesn't cost them if they falter. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to see any of the qualifying round teams really make a run in either conference. Hmm. All right, I'm going to pipe down because I I just can't. <laughs> I think my squad's got a hell of a chance, Joe. But we'll we'll move. I don't. I do, you hated your I team mean, for how I long do. this I mean, year? Listen, <laughs> I, I do too. I mean, I, it's crazy that matchup though in the first round. I know Calgary bloodbath. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I wish Dustin um, Bufflin didn't quit. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much behind this. With there's so many good matchups, and it's like the March Madness for hockey fans. I mean, this is going to be it's unique, so it's unbelievable, unique. and yeah, and I and I can't wait to watch again five six games every day for the next few days. Is like it's absolute heaven for hockey fans. Indeed. All right, let's go to the East. Uh, Boston's got the best record, best record in the NHL. Uh, they're they're a tough out. I mean, their first line is as good as any line in hockey. They don't have a lot of weaknesses, yeah. as the record would attest to. Stamkos looks like he's going to be back for Tampa. Uh, Washington's Washington, Ovechkin and, and company. Your Flyers are having a good year. Pittsburgh still got Crosby. It's weird to see Zucker, by the way, in the Penguins uniform. It still yeah. is. Um, who do you like in the East? I really think Philadelphia has a good chance. I mean, I watched him play the Penguins the other day. Mm-hmm. Um what? By the way, how about Matt Malkin like, just turning the puck over? Do you see that? Oh, that was atrocious. <laughs> wow. Uh, again, for him, he, he played it like an exhibition game. Yeah. I I felt like the analyst on TV seemed to think he played a whale of a game. I what I saw, I thought he was he was less than engaged. But uh, anyway, I guess I guess to answer your question, I, I think the Flyers have a real shot yeah. um, if they can. If Carter Hart plays the way that he was playing during the regular season, but they do have the insurance policy and the veteran Brian Elliott in that. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to be a tough out. And Tampa Bay yesterday, no was a glorified scrimmage, but they whacked Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Tampa Bay's engaged and committed, they have as much talent as anybody in the league. And they're coming off a stinging, mm-hmm. and I mean stinging, opening round loss last year in the Embarrassing. playoffs. Embarrassing. You know that's hanging on their mind. Yeah, uh, Which Canadian team has the best chance, Joe, real quick? Is there one? Might yeah, is Toronto. it Edmonton? Is Toronto? You like Toronto? Uh, I think Toronto. Yeah, I really do. I mean, they just have so much skill up front. 
Um, and, and, you know, I know they don't have the home fans, but being yeah. in their home city, could it be harder because they, they're so close to their family yet they can't see them? I don't know. I, I, I really think that they'll have some comfort there. Um, I think if there's a year, Toronto makes a run at this year. Good stuff, Joe O'Donnell. We will uh, reach out again. We'll talk hockey as we... August, <laughs> September. And Gary and Bettman why? won't be booed when he's handing out no, the cup this year. No, that's a good point. Nobody there to boo him. <laughs> I never thought of that. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Joe O'Donnell. Voice of the Iowa Wild. It's one of my favorite parts of the end of the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's so awesome as they're all kiss of the cup, but Bettman yeah. getting booed. Uh, Cardinals talk. St. Louis variety next. Cards, Twins. Brian Walton, 1460, 106.3 FM.